guys, Jesse Newell here, KU beat writer for the Kansas City Star. On today's episode, I bring on Nick Schwartz of Rock Chalk Sports Talk and KLWN 1320 here in Lawrence. We discuss KU basketball. First off, the win over South Dakota and the big performances from both Charlie Moore and David McCormick, what that means for the team moving forward. Also, we talk about Bill Self and big picture how he might have to push some different sorts of buttons to get this team as close as it can be to its ceiling this year. We also give 60 seconds, which turned into about 150 seconds on KU football, both on signing day and also two of the coaches that Les Miles retained for his staff. Without further ado, let's get to our KU conversation. I'd like to welcome back to the show Nick Schwert of Rock Chalk Sports Talk and KLWN 1320 here in Lawrence. Nick, how you doing? I'm good as always, Jesse. I don't think there's much for us to talk about today, so this should be a short podcast, right? <laughs> uh, there is an overwhelming <laughs> amount of things to talk about, but I think the biggest focus for right now is KU basketball because that's basically the big focus around these parts for 12 months of the year. The Jayhawks finally, Nick, finally get a blowout. They finally knock a team out uh, taking down South Dakota on Tuesday night, now getting prepared for their first road game of the season, which will make Graham Couch very happy uh, playing at Arizona State on Saturday. <laughs> uh, let's just talk about this this South Dakota game, Nick, and what we learned about this Kansas team, what might mean for them moving forward. Obviously, the, the big story, I think, of the night was KU used its bench a little bit more, and I think coming into the season, that was one of the advantages we thought that Bill Self um, would have an advantage he thought we thought he would have maybe over some other teams. It hasn't really played out that way for most of the season, but I think for one night at least, the Jayhawks showed that their reserves could come in and be major contributors, and maybe, just maybe, Bill Self will have more confidence for those guys when he has to go to his bench in the future. Yeah, and the big one, I think, was Charlie Moore, right? With him coming off the bench, nailing six threes. The head coach of South Dakota, Todd Lee, I thought I had an interesting comment after the game because, and you were in there, Jesse, and I want to know if, if this kind of stood out to you as well when he talked about Moore and he said, well, you know, I hadn't seen him shoot like that before. We watched every <laughs> one of their games and he had never shot like that, which is funny because the scouting report on Charlie Moore, at least before this season, like in Kansas fans' mind, what does Charlie Moore bring to this team? You expect him to be one of your better outside shooters. He hasn't been that so far this year, so opposing coaches are watching him come into the game and you're probably not game planning for him that's probably going to change a little bit moving forward when you go six for nine from three-point range but for a team that has had one consistent shooter all year long I think that is a huge boon for them is he going to go six for nine every game no but I think the expectation should be at least in my mind tell me if, if you agree Jesse but I expect Charlie Moore to be probably the second best shooter on this team. That's That was the expectation before the season, and uh, I'm certainly not going to deviate from that after a performance like last night. Yeah, really quickly, everybody go out there, Google Todd Lee. I thought he would be a perfect villain in, like, Hollywood. <laughs> Did, didn't he look like somebody that was, like, conniving to go rob a bank or something? Did he I was going to say, like, he is the corrupt CEO of some, like, billion-dollar corporation that's yeah. trying— like poison the city's water supply. <laughs> you got it. You could you could easily be like the the evil mayor in a Batman movie or something. Yes, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like yes, absolutely. Uh, oh man, yeah. Go Google that, guys, and uh, go go see if we're right on that one. Uh, no, I agree with you. It was also sort of interesting listening to Dieter Lawson talk about it because you know we asked him if uh, if Bill Self had said anything to Charlie Moore afterwards. He said, "Well, now you're nine of thirty-one from three, so you're starting to improve a little bit." And I think this is something that KU really had been waiting on all season. We've heard Bill Self mention over and over and over again, like, 
he's he's given the update on like how many threes LeGerald Vick has made and how many threes the rest of the team has made. And he's taken out the Michigan State game because obviously Quentin Grimes shot very well in that game. But every game it's like, well, LeGerald made three and the rest of the team made two. Or LeGerald made six and the rest of the team made one. And so this has kind of been an overarching problem for the Kansas basketball team that they haven't had somebody who could go in there and hit an outside shot besides uh, LeGerald Vick. And so, yeah, this is a big deal now. It's sort of, when I talk about KU's bench, it's sort of fascinating with this year's team because in past years, when Bill Self has really limited his bench and only played six or seven guys uh, and had some success doing that, part of the luxury of that was you knew what you had, and part of the luxury was KU's best offensive players, for the most part, were also its best defensive players. And this year is just not that, you know what I mean? Like, if you bring in Charlie Moore and you bring in K.J. Lawson you are bringing out your offensive team. And if you bring in Marcus Garrett and you bring in David McCormick, uh, you know, and and you're bringing out your defensive team. And so it's sort of um, interesting at this point. Bill Self kind of talked about last night how they envisioned Charlie Moore being a sixth man, sort of sharpshooter, give a shot of offense off the bench. But they haven't had much of that this year just because Charlie hasn't made those outside shots. So um, I wrote about this actually Monday, and it was it ended up being good timing. It didn't seem like it was going to be good timing in the first half, but I just talked about how KU has to shoot open threes. I mean, they have to. Even if they aren't going in, even if it seems like a bad shot for this team, it's still only 21 feet away. It's still a shot that me and you, Nick, could go make uh, if we shot enough at the rec center. So this team has to continue to, to loosen the defense from the outside in a little bit, and we saw how much the offense changed when Charlie Moore got on a roll there in, in the second half. Yeah, I think that was probably the most impressive performance we've seen from a KU player not named Diedrich or LeGerald. Because once he started hitting shots, and that's been a big conversation about a lot of guys, mainly Devon Dotson and Quentin Grimes. But once he started hitting shots last night, talking about more, it seemed like everything changed for him. He made a couple of nice plays defensively where he poked a ball loose and started a transition opportunity. And then we saw some really nice passes. There was that one... Uh, I believe it was to Diedrich Lawson where he just kind of threaded the needle. There was the other one where he's driving, and I believe he hit uh, David McCormick. And all of a sudden, Charlie Moore looked like a new guy. And whether it is him hitting shots, which I think is the biggest part of it because that's his calling card and it's what this team desperately needs more of, I think you just saw a guy who kind of lit a charge into this team. I'm not sure that they have the... The, uh, the electric second half that they did if it weren't for Charlie Moore kind of starting that fire with his outside shooting. So you're not going to get that every single night, but if you can get that sort of initiator and the dude who's kind of instigating some good things offensively uh, coming off the bench, I think that is just a huge luxury for this team. Again, you don't need to go six for nine every night, but if you can be a constant threat to shoot, I, I would almost say, Jesse, that Charlie Moore has to be that sort of a guy, right? Like, he has to be somebody, night in, night out, who is a constant threat to stretch the defense, not just from an aspect of it makes Kansas's offense run a little bit more smoothly, but KU just needs that because outside of LeGerald Vick, there's really nobody else that you would depend on to hit those shots on a regular basis. Well, and not to pick on Charlie Moore, but... Um, you notice KU held South Dakota scoreless like the first six minutes, and the first basket came when he immediately checked in <laughs> after the first media timeout and Self was yelling at him and screaming at him. I mean, uh, you know what's happening here. I mean, KU is sacrificing defense to get some offense. And I agree with your point 
your bigger point, we, t- we heard Bill Self talk a couple weeks ago after the New Mexico State game about how can you not have fun out there? How can you not be energized as a basketball player and, and play with some joy? And I tweeted out last night, you know, Charlie Moore is, is here to make Kansas basketball fun again. I mean, for about an eight-minute stretch, he was throwing no-look passes and throwing those lobs in the lane and making outside shots and celebrating yep. afterwards. And it's just like, I don't know, I mean, Sometimes this team has lacked that. I know that Gerald Vick kind of gets in that sort of weird mode where he does sort of celebrating things, but outside of that, they just don't have a lot of outwardly joyful players, kind of like Devontae Graham was last year. And so that was kind of a nice change of pace. I I thought KU, as you mentioned, he brought some life to the building. He brought some energy. And, um, you know, Bill Self calls them energy vampires. It seems like this team for whatever reason, just has a lot of energy vampires where they just suck the life out of a room. I mean, maybe Quentin Grimes will get over it, but man, so far he's been an energy vampire. Like, but it, even what, from a personality standpoint, I don't know if that's necessarily in Grimes' DNA. I, I don't right? know, but I mean, he played well over the summer. He played well with the U18s. I, maybe it's not. You're right, but it just seems like, and, and Bill Self's referenced this a lot, when something goes wrong, it's just the shoulders slump and he looks over the bench and you always see him with his palms up like oh again what happened i mean it just it, and <laughs> again not to pick on a guy who has a sprained ankle but i mean have you seen a tv shot of yudoka azabuki smiling since he went out <laughs> of the lineup i mean this guy like i, I just well, let's rem- go through the roster man i, I mean just, okay let's I, do it but i i just remember like I mean, when Landon Lucas was hurt in a boot, like you'd see him clap every once in a while or slap a teammate on the back. But man, just yeah. every time you see Yudoka on the bench, and again, I'm reading too much into this. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, the impression police over here, but it just seems okay. So let's go through the roster. Um, no, I don't think you are reading too much into it because for a team that at times looks stuck in the mud offensively, I think that that's something you have to have. You have to have a spark plug, right? You have to have somebody who can heat up in a hurry and infuse some energy and some life into your team. And if you want to go through the lineup, okay, Diedrich Lawson, Marcus Garrett, uh, uh, KJ Lawson, uh, Devon Dotson, who is fun to watch, but again, from a personality standpoint, is he a rah-rah, like, scream after a big play sort of guy? I don't know. No, no. I mean, he's more of a toughness guy. You know what I mean? He won't back down, which is something Bill Self likes, but he's not an outwardly emotional guy uh, Uh at all. Uh, Who's left? uh, well, it's tough to tell with Quentin Grimes because how do you know if somebody's that sort of a guy when you're just not playing that well? Yeah, I mean, and it's just – but it's just been a bummer when he hasn't played well. I mean, to yeah. teammates you would think, right? I mean, the guy just – and even to Bill Self, he's mentioned that before. Just the the body language is, is bad. It's it's bad uh-huh. almost all the time. So, yeah, so so Diedrich, um, don't see much. Udoka, we talked about him. David McCormick, I mean, he might be one of Could the better be. ones. If honestly. he gets the opportunity, yeah. Uh, and I think it's more of his style of play than anything else, right? Yeah, just amped up and happy to be there and, and going after things, um, you know, um, full-out effort, which Bill Self has talked about his great attitude, too. LeGero Vick, I mentioned it. You know, he can he celebrated more this year than he has in years past, not really in his personality. Um, K.J. Lawson, I think Bill Self wants more of that from him. You know, there was a moment yesterday, I don't know if people saw it, but there was a, a loose ball, and, and K.J. Lawson didn't dive on the floor for it. And Bill Self was just getting after him for it because I think for Bill Self, you're looking at KJ Lawson saying, look, you're the, you're one of the only guys here that that should be his role. Like that, that should be, you should be leading other guys. You should be the first one on the floor. And when he didn't do that, it's almost the same thing we talk about with Charlie Moore. Like if Charlie Moore isn't scoring, 
it's hard for him to get out there. If KJ Lawson isn't providing these little intangible things, then Bill Self is going to say, "Hey, go come sit next to me." You know that that's that's something you have to provide. So yeah, Marcus Garrett, Charlie Moore, and Mitch Lightfoot. I think Mitch is a little bit more in sort of the energy mode, not really a rah rah guy. I don't think he's comfortable speaking up or yelling at guys, but can provide a little bit of uh, enthusiasm out there when it comes to just playing hard. But yeah, this team is sort of devoid of of that. If you want to go down the roster well, and look at all those other- things. And here's something else that I think, this is just a theory, it's not necessarily uh, sound basketball philosophy, but it's just my theory. For guys who are coming off the bench, I know we like to think of a lot of them, and Bill Self probably asks a lot of them to be, hey, if things aren't going well, if, if we're looking stagnant, if we're looking clunky out there, well, we need you guys to come in and kind of provide some energy. I think it's a lot easier for guys, let's say in the, in the uh, ilk of Mitch Lightfoot or KJ Lawson or Charlie Moore, probably a lot easier for them to provide that energy if they know the guys ahead of them are doing their jobs too right if they can come in and know that the game's running smoothly it's not as though they feel that sort of pressure to kind of lift the team up and and I and I wonder how much of that has an impact on some of these dudes when they see that okay the offense kind of stuck in the mud right now we're not scoring the ball Quentin Grimes Devon Dotson they're not getting downhill and driving nobody's hitting outside shots uh, basically, all we're doing is dumping it to Diedrich on every possession. When those guys come in off the bench, I wonder how much that pressure is weighing on them to be like, well, nothing else is working, so coach is putting me in, hoping I can provide a spark plug. I better not screw this up. Yeah, I think you make a great point, too, about being hesitant to, sh- to come in and immediately shoot when you're down four points or when you're not playing well against Villanova or you're struggling against New Mexico State. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, hey, Charlie, keep shooting it. And it's another thing when he starts 0 for 2 with one that clunks off the backboard to say, okay, Charlie, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? So uh, for him to get on a roll last night, I think, was good for everybody to see the ball go in because, um, as I mentioned earlier, this team has to shoot some threes. It, it has to stretch the defense in that sort of way. And so uh, you saw that. And, and let's get to some discussion of Dave McCormick, too. I mean, he has 17 minutes last night, had one of the best plays that Bill Self uh, said from last night, which was that block that he had near the rim. So what did you see from Dave McCormick? And I guess what does this mean for him moving forward? Because it's, it's sort of difficult to know what his role will be or how much he'll be used. But if nothing else, he might have gained a little bit of a longer leash when it comes to uh, Bill Self and also the coaching staff. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. Well, I think Char- the fact that Charlie Moore and David McCormick had respectively their best games as Jayhawks on the same night is kind of interesting to me. Because I think it's easier to play David McCormick when you got somebody knocking down shots. Yeah. Or when you've got an offense around him that is knocking down shots. So whether it's Vic or Charlie Moore or if it's a handful of guys are chipping in, 
it's tough to play David McCormick if you don't have anybody stretching the defense because he is a guy who, if you if you watch him, I mean, I love the energy that he plays with, and I think he's going to be a really, really fantastic player in time. But you watch him a lot of times, and I don't know if this is a, a direction from the coaching staff, but when he's in there, he hits the block, he turns around, he puts his hand up, and he's calling for the ball, right? And if he gets that ball, there's a pretty good chance that he's going to go up with it. And that's fine because I would rather have a guy who's playing like that than a guy who's out there playing tentative and doesn't want to screw anything up. Um, he skies for rebounds. Like It seems like it's just different when he goes up for a rebound versus anybody else on the team. Kind of reminds me of Silvio, guys who just have a nose for the ball and they just go up and attack it. But I think it's tough to play him if you don't have an offense that's stretching the floor a little bit. KU was able to do that last night. Uh, McCormick was able to get extended run, and especially there in the second half when seemingly KU couldn't do anything wrong, he was one of the guys who was out there making those big plays, grabbing rebounds, getting some hustle points. Uh, it almost seemed like on one play, he caught the ball in the post, and I don't know if you remember this one, Jesse, but he had two guys on him. He got double teamed, and it was almost as if like he was a superhero who was realizing his strength, like realizing his power. He had two dudes on him who had no business guarding a guy <laughs> the size of Dave McCormick, yeah. and he was just like, oh, like I expected him to turn the ball over. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm 6'10", 270. I'm way bigger and stronger than you. Get out of my way. And I think he just dribbled it and kind of ripped his shoulder through and shook both the dudes off him and then went up for a shot. And, and, then, and then made it. It was like a really strong layup attempt. And I was like, oh, that guy finally figured out that sometimes you're just bigger than everybody and you can just power right through them. It was cool to see, and those are the kind of growing moments that I think a lot of freshmen, especially freshmen big, have to go through. So it was a cool moment for him, but I think a lot of his opportunity is going to come based off how everybody around him is playing. Yeah, it's almost a Thomas Robinson progression. You know, you yeah. saw a lot of the same things with him. Like, I have to show my finesse game. I have to show my square-up game. And then by the time he's a junior, it's just like, no, I'm just going to bully ball this right over the top of mm -hmm. you. And we saw David McCormick attempt a – as Bill Self called it, a turnaround left-handed hook shot over a defender <laughs> that uh, from eight feet that went about 14 feet. So, uh, yeah, again, David McCormick getting out there a little bit more and, and realizing, look, your shots are going to be at the rim. Like, you want him to shoot the ball at the rim or within three or four feet and, and overpower, use the body. Otherwise, he's not being productive. And you mentioned kind of the go-to guy status that he's had in there. I mean, Usage rate is 26%, so yeah, he's sort of a, a black hole when he gets in there, and I think that's why Bill Self has had trouble playing him, is that when you play the Yudoka Azabuki, he might be a little bit of a black hole in there, but he's usually an efficient black hole. Uh, when you play, are you going to cater your offense to David McCormick as a freshman when he's looked sped up? Uh, that's probably not what you prefer to do offensively, so... I want to get back to another point with Charlie Moore, and I think this is something that he showed in the summer that I wrote about uh, and a piece in June and showed a lot last night, which is you talked last week a lot about the assists and how they're down and how the guards haven't been feeding very well and this team is right. way down with assists. I thought Charlie Moore getting big men lobs, driving to pass, that sort of thing. I think we saw the flash last night better than any other player that KU's had so far this year. Absolutely. That could lead to more playing time for him because if you're going to have these big monster big men in here, man, it, it sure is nice when you can get by a guy and then look to those guys inside when you draw an extra defender and get those guys easy baskets. Even the one that he threw up about 14 feet high when he said he got fouled, that one turned into a dunk for David McCormick. So those two playing well together could also – 
kind of coincide with Charlie Moore getting by his man and then looking openly looking for those big men inside and I think that could kind of open up another element of KU's offense as well no like I'll, I'll go back and reference the same two plays that I did earlier uh, there was one where it was just in the half court and he just rifled a pass down low uh, to Diedrich Lawson and I and I was like wow that was that was kind of impressive we haven't seen anybody make a play like that all year long there was the other one as you mentioned when he was driving and I think he kind of went baseline and just dumped it off to I believe it was David McCormick for a dunk those were a couple plays that we just really haven't seen from anybody else. And going back to the confidence thing, I'm not sure Charlie Moore makes those plays unless he was having the type of night that he was having. And um, you start making shots, and then all of a sudden you just feel like you're in the flow of the game and, and you stop thinking and you're having fun out there like Bill Self mentioned. So uh, hopefully that's confidence that has been instilled in him that he can kind of carry with him moving forward. But you're right because we can look at Devon Dotson as the point guard and think that he needs to carry the lion's share of of that sort of uh, burden of being a, a distributor and a creator. But the fact of the matter is, if you're going to play that many guards, like it looks like KU's going to play this year, everybody's got to kind of pitch in, especially when you think about just specifically Dotson, Grimes, Moore, and then if maybe you want to throw a Marcus Garrett in there, uh, those are guys who are going to be handling the ball a lot, and they're all going to kind of take turns initiating offense, it seems like. If that's going to be the case, then they've all kind of got to do that and pitch in because this offense is not going to be able to function to the best of their ability unless they're able to start creating shots for one another. This is way big picture, and it's probably um, a topic that is for another day or or for an off season. KU's 10-0. KU's number one in the nation. Bill Self is one of the most successful coaches uh, of all time. But, you know, we, we're talking about KU playing with confidence as opposed to not playing with confidence. And we've talked about, you know, Quentin Grimes, who struggled to sort of maybe handle that sort of tough love, tough coaching. And usually guys get out of it and they keep going. But it seems like Charlie Moore played better with a freer mind. And some of this is South Dakota as well. But it does make you wonder if Bill Self might have to alter how he coaches with this team. Um, and we just talked about the personalities that this team has and uh, how, how maybe these guys, this isn't his toughest team. Does that make sense? I mean, this isn't the team that is going to want to get in a bar fight after the game um, because they're just going to, uh, you know, brawn you to death, that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. It's It's sort of interesting. You talk about Charlie Moore making plays when he maybe knew that he had played well before that and looking the best he has all season, the same thing. Um, David McCormack, the same way. And Quinn Grimes has yet to break through. But uh, I don't know. This is sort of a fascinating roster. I, we all thought that they would be really good coming in the season. They still have been really good. But it just seems like it might take a little bit of a different method to get them going, or it has taken a little bit of a different method to get them going. And this might not be the uh, 10 years ago or 20 years ago Bill Self teams where he could sort of run them into the ground and expect them to bounce back up. This might be a team that needs to uh, have a little bit more happiness thrown its way or a little bit more confidence thrown its way because uh, when that's happened lately, it seems like some of these guys have really delivered. I wish I could figure out the exact dates that we're talking about, but I mean, last year that was one of, if not the biggest story about this team in the non-con was Bill Self trying to figure out how to push these guys' buttons. And the problem that he had last year was he didn't have the bench depth. He couldn't motivate guys by basically sitting them. This year, he does have that luxury. But again, it's a different team, so it's a different tactic. And Bill Self is often referred to, as you kind of alluded to, as a, a master button pusher. And I think the first month or two of the season, 
is oftentimes a feeling out period for him, yep. kind of trying different things, experimenting, trying to figure out what makes these guys tick and what makes them go. And who knows, maybe last night was the sign of him kind of figuring that out because you, you mentioned everything. And I feel like every time we talk about Kansas and what they need to improve upon, there's always an asterisk. There's always a caveat like, well, they are number one in the country. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. That, but, yeah. But the, the reason why we, we, we can talk about this stuff is because you're, you're Kansas, right? You, we're not comparing you to all other 352 teams in the country. We're comparing you to the teams who have national championship aspirations, right? And there, I don't know if you looked around, Jesse, but there are some really impressive-looking teams out there this year, whether it be Duke or uh, Michigan, uh, even Gonzaga with their two losses, even a team like uh, Virginia or Nevada. Like There are a lot of really good-looking teams. Texas Tech is 10-0 in your conference, and they have a chance to, to make a big statement game against Duke this week. So I, I just think you look around the country, there are a lot of teams who are probably kind of in the same boat where Kansas is. They like where they're at, but they still have a long ways to go. And it's not to say that this team has any fatal flaws. It's just that um, if you want to say that you're a legitimate national championship contender, you just have uh, a few things you need to improve upon. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to watch how Bill Self manages this because, as you mentioned, the button pushing is what we always hear from him. Hey, he always gets the best out of his players in the end. I just wonder if those buttons might have to be pushed a little bit softer this year. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> it might be something to uh, to watch and monitor moving forward. Before we get out of here, Nick, 60 seconds of KU football. Uh, what's on your mind with KU football? Let's get a, a quick synopsis of uh, your thoughts. And uh, obviously, this has been a a news newsy week when it comes to the the Jayhawk football team. Mm, okay, I'm not going to spend much time thinking about it, so I'm just going to go first thing off the top of my head. It's signing day. What have they got? Eight guys coming in, nine guys uh, officially so far as of the recording of this podcast. So depending on when you're listening, uh, that number could have, I guess, moved in either way. But I will say instead, I'll go, I'll take a different direction and I'll say uh, Clint Bowen and Tony Hole both are retained. Those are the two names. I think everybody thought that if anybody's going to be kept on the Les Miles coaching staff from the previous regime, it would be those two guys. And I think it makes perfect sense. Clint Bowen uh, seems to be a Kansas lifer. Despite what many people may think about him, he is widely respected around the collegiate ranks. He's a widely respected defensive mind. If he didn't stay at KU, I promise you he would have went and got another pretty solid job. And Tony Hole, it's pretty obvious with the pipeline that he has uh, instituted here from Louisiana. It makes sense why both of those guys uh, would, would be sticking around. And again, like Clint Bowen's probably one of your best and, and most well-connected recruiters in Kansas that is clearly... A uh, that is going to be a focal point on the recruiting trail for Les Miles and company. So I think it would benefit them when you're bringing in a bunch of new guys, a bunch of whom don't have uh, intrinsic ties to this area to, to bring a guy or keep a guy around who basically knows everybody in the state of Kansas. I think uh, those are two solid decisions. I didn't know that either one of them were going to happen, but um, those would have been my two best guests, uh, two best guesses as to guys who uh, would have been sticking around from the previous regime. Yeah, when it comes to newspapers, we like to call it institutional knowledge. And Clint Bowen has as good of institutional knowledge of KU football as anybody. And as you mentioned, solid relationships, solid recruiter, um, takes a step back to become a safeties coach instead of the defensive coordinator. So if you keep him on staff as that, I, I just I don't see this as a negative thing for KU football, uh, especially with uh, all the things that have happened recently. And uh, the other thing to consider at least – is and I'll have to double check this, but I'm almost positive that both Clint Bowen and Tony Hole were on multi-year deals with the Jayhawks already. So 
in essence, you're sort of saving some money by keeping them because you, you figure when you're making a coaching staff change, you have to basically buy out the rest of the contracts on the old staff and then pay for the new one. So for those guys, Clint Bone's going to be a very well-paid safeties coach. I promise you that uh, since yeah. he's basically making defensive coordinator money. But KU doesn't have to double pay for that position, if that makes sense. You don't have to get rid to pay the $500,000 to make Clint Bowen go away and then hire somebody else to become to come in and, and fill that role. Same thing with Tony Hull. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, for KU football, now only one staff position open, so we'll see where they go with that. But uh, for Les Miles to have Clint Bowen around, to have Tony Hull around, I definitely could see the upside with both of those moves, as you just sort of uh, mentioned with some of the things that they can do and some of the things they've already provided when it comes to the KU football program. I think we went over our allotted time there. I was about two but, and a half minutes. Okay, that's fine, though. I, I guess we're, I, we're just supposed to keep ourselves honest on that one. <laughs> that's acceptable. That's acceptable. All right, well, uh, thanks again, Nick, for uh, taking the time. Uh, Nick Schwert of Rock Talk Sports Talk and 1320 KLWN. Check out his podcast online. I, I don't know if you can do this on command, but with some of the crazy stuff you do, you mimicked a yak the other day which made me laugh out loud almost spit out the drink i had in my mouth when listening to the podcast so uh there's no way you could replicate that on this podcast is there um you know i probably could but that would kind of be stomping on the bit right it's supposed <laughs> to be, i think nobody knows it's coming so if i did it now it would kind of ruin the allure you never know when it's coming on rcst all right well listen for the hijinks like i said always uh, entertaining when those come in and you never know when they're going to happen. It, it, it happened at a crazy time with uh, Scott Chase and 24-7 Sports, and I did not even see it coming. Back. I got you one time a while back, right? Yeah, you told me that you loved me. I thought it was genuine, and then I realized it was just kind of a joke, so it kind of hurt, hurt my feelings. It was easy. It was, that's why it was so easy for me to do that one. That, that wasn't even like nerve-wracking for me because I said, you know what, that's easy because I do love Jesse. So kill two birds with one stone. I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> All right, well, thanks to Nick for helping us out on this podcast, and thanks to you for listening to the Sports BKC podcast. Be sure to tune in for another episode next week.